Um, Mather could not prove who sold the thing, tape recorder to him, and nobody on the market could recall such a device being on sale that day. Huh. 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 So the, uh, the state expert whose specialty was phonetics rather than audio described how in the recording of the ransom calls you could hear a couple of clicking sounds. They, which was the buttons of a tape recorder being pressed during the recording of the jingle. When she pressed the buttons on the tape machine, she had her words an aha moment. This is so fucking stupid. I hate that. Aha uh-huh. moment. Uh-huh. Um, the sounds were identical. No shit. <laughs> so other sub- subtle characteristics of the recording also corresponded to the specific machine in front of her. It was, she said quote, probable, end quote, that the very same tape recorder was used to make their ransom calls. Okay, so they don't know pretty much what they're saying. They don't know 100%. But they think. But it's probable that it's the same yeah. recording. Okay. Because he's stupid and he holds on to shit even though he shouldn't. Yeah, that's not smart. He's not very smart, though. He didn't no. kill her because he forgot to build a fucking ventilation system. Retarded. Yeah. If you're going to bury somebody and you're going to try to keep them alive, bury bet. Make, a, make sure they have fucking air. You should Wherever probably you double check to make sure it works, too. Like, he should have went in the box himself. Or put Klaus in there. Or put Klaus and like, oh, just try this out. And then one of them <laughs> like, died. Oh, shit, he's dead. Klaus is dead. Uh-oh. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> summing up in, uh. summing up the trial in March 2010, the prosecutor reminded the court that Ursula had been buried alive in a box. Which is so sad. Mm, I hate it. At least she was drugged, though. That's true. Or they think she was drugged. Yeah, that's true. So, this revealed that it was a cold, bloodless, and... Revealing. Revealing the cold bloodness and mercilessness of the perpetrator. Why did I just like that? Blood, cold blood. I can't even say bloodedness. I was gonna say, why did I say bloodless? But it was kind of bloodless. I mean, that's what it means. Bloodless. Why can we kind of? Maybe we should restart. Don't mean letters. It's okay. We can keep going. They like our. They like. No, it sounds horrible. (laughs) Okay, guys. So summing up, in March 2010, the senior prosecutor reminded the court that Ursula had been buried alive in a box, which revealed the cold bloodedness and mercilessness of the perpetrator. Fuck yeah, I did it. <laughs> Got it. Cut that part out. <laughs> the three judges and two of the jury members were convinced that Masaryk was guilty and they sentenced him to life in prison. Yay! Yay! His wife was acquitted, though, Not due to a lack, lack of evidence. Yeah, why'd they even acquit her? Like... I don't know, because maybe, maybe he did come forward to her, but they didn't have any physical evidence, like, to convict her, I guess. Uh, Which I don't think, well, this is his current wife, isn't it? Yeah, because he has a stepson. So this is his current wife, his second wife. Oh, oh, the tape recorder, maybe because she lied and said she was with him. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but that's what it is. I don't even know, though. So, in court, everybody seemed happy that Ursula's killer had finally been put away. Everybody except one person. The the handsome Michael Herman, who they describe him as having a distinctive appearance, which goddamn he does. 
He is a good looking guy. He is attractive. Like, I am, I got a lady boner over him. <laughs> no shame. Sorry, Taylor. Actually, we can. He graduated high school, studied teaching in Augsburg, opened a music door, selling instruments and equipment, including tape recorders, got married, had three children, and fostered a fourth. He loved watching them grow up, seeing them share his love of music, and finding their own way in life. So basically, he was a hipster. Um, but he's still handsome as fuck, so. People who knew what happened to Ursula sometimes asked if it made Michael anxious about his own kids. Yeah. Which would definitely make me nervous. Like, my kids would be Velcro to my side. <laughs> my phone just died. Oh! I can look it up. Here, I have it right here. That's true. So, yeah, I would be a paranoid parent. I already told Jesse when we have a baby, uh, I'm going to be paranoid and nobody's touching my baby Except for me. a very long time. I'll wash my hands before I touch it, but... <laughs> it can be my god baby, so... Um. But... <laughs> she thinks. No, I'm hey! just I'm, going, I'm not going to get my baby baptized. Not until they're older and they can make the choice themselves. Yeah, I'm glad I would have baptized. I was baptized. Oh, no. So, my baby, just so you know, Mom, because she's going to be mad, I'm going to say this. My baby is going to decide on their own... If they want to be baptized or not, because I'm not going to push religion on them. No, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, I guess religion was never really pushed too much on me. I started going as a kid by choice, but then I feel like when I got in high school and started dating my ex, it was pushed on me more to go more often. Right. So, kind of, yeah. But I'm glad I was never baptized, honestly, just because, I don't, I don't know. Like, I can see... I'm glad my parents got my ears pierced to the baby because I'd be fucking horrified if I had to get down to the toddler. That's one thing, though. Like, that's something you can take out yeah. and undo. If you start forcing your child into stuff, though, like religion, definitely going to feel that mentally. Definitely. Because they're going to feel bad when they do stuff that's not Christian. Yeah. To each their own. I'm just yeah. saying what and, I'm going to do. Like, you can still be the god mom, but my baby's just not being baptized. Good. I mean, good. I'm the guy, mom. And it's your business what you want to do with your baby. Yeah. Sorry, Aunt Lori. Yeah. Sorry, baby. Don't kill my mom. (laughs) We love you, but it's Casey's baby. So, Michael. (laughs) Michael actually was not paranoid, like how I'm going to be with his kids. I would be. No. He never. He said that he never actually thought about looking for the perpetrators himself either, saying that that was the job for the police. That makes sense, actually. Because, like, a lot of family members will go out and try yeah, to investigate. Vigilantes. Yeah, they'll try to investigate themselves and put themselves in the investigation, which... And they'll mess it up. Yeah. And get, put themselves in danger. But, yeah, he felt at peace in his life, but his sister's death still felt to him like an unclosed circle. Ooh, that's poetic as fuck. He says a lot of smart words. Probably because he's a teacher. And he's handsome as fuck. Yeah. Handsome people say a lot more sometimes. <laughs> I know some stupid-ass handsome people. That's so, true, I do too. Yeah, the trial and his status as a co-plaintiff offered an opportunity to close this circle. While most co-plaintiffs are <laughs> passive observers in court, Michael is like, bitch, I'm taking this seriously. He would not allow his family to be victim for a second time. Aww. He was like, nope. Poor nope, Michael. Nope, nope. Oh my god, he fucking read before the trial, he requested full access to case files. And it, it was like tens of thousands of scam pages. And in the first few weeks, he got through 6,000 pages. 
like, before just reading them, he, you know, he recalled all his memories of Ursula, despite how her liveliness, she was also cautious and sensitive, and she was upset, she would grow upset when some of her schoolmates repeatedly behaved. Which, that does not sound like a little girl that dwaddled or that is stupid about going out in the woods, you know, like most kids are. <laughs> so your stomach? <laughs> that was the loudest. I'm, I wonder if we're going to hear that in the recording. <laughs> I hope so. That was the loudest. I mean, I don't, I'm not even that hungry. Wow, that was so long. <laughs> it was, you kept going. I'm like, that was embarrassing. Um, anyways. <laughs> But reading through the typewritten police reports, he realized he'd forgotten many of the details of those horrifying days in September. Oh, so he, he had to relive yeah. all of that. Like, he even forgot the fact that he had helped Ursula with her piano practice just a few hours before she was kidnapped. And he says, you know, he felt like his brain had... There goes Holly's stomach again. <laughs> he felt like his brain had somehow blanked out that part of his life. And... To him, there was much to suggest that Mather may have committed the crime. There were also things that troubled him about the prosecution case. He couldn't understand Passenger's revoked confession while it was now being treated as plausible when it was dismissed all those years ago, which, yeah, that's a little... Yeah, I feel like now... Well, this was in 2007, wasn't it? Yeah. But I feel like in 2019, they probably couldn't use that confession. Could they? I don't know. Like I said, we And this is a different country, too. We so. need to update ourselves on the legal system more. But yeah, from the police files, it was clear that Klaus had a serious alcohol problem. While in detention, he claimed to have experienced hallucinations and was also chronically work shy. Question in 2008, his formal wa- former wife called him a lazy guy who would never have agreed to dig a large hole. So, you know, that kind of made Michael hmm. be like, hmm... Or that could be his wife just trying to, like, defend yeah, her defend husband, his late daughter. husbands. I don't know. That would make me question things, too, I guess. Definitely if you want to find the right person and make sure it's 100% correct because they, he does want to close that part of his life. The court heard Kloss's confession was wasn't even signed so his confession wasn't signed which was kind of sketchy mm, they didn't record it no okay i take it back from earlier because i said earlier i didn't know if they recorded it or not i was just assuming if they're making ass out of you and me <laughs> so <laughs> i did say i didn't know for sure though. i know so i just had to put that in there. <laughs> investigators wrote it down for for memory like, weeks later? Yeah, weeks after the confession. Not even the day of confession? Weeks later. So they could have mixed things up. Wow. And it wasn't even signed by Kloss. And I'm pretty sure, doesn't a confession have to be signed? Like, mm-hmm. a signed confession? At least in the United States. Yeah, that's probably why they um didn't take it seriously. Because it wasn't signed. And that's why it was revoked before... But then they said it's plausible it. in the court, the trial, though. Yeah, I know, and I don't, I don't understand that. And it sounds like Michael doesn't really understand that either. That's the only thing, and then that's like the only thing, like one of the huge things they have besides the recorder that plays Masaryk at the crime. Yeah. So, as well. No DNA evidence. 
I don't know. I can't focus <laughs> today. As with Mathering, there is no DNA proof connecting Klaus to the crime. Uh, before the trial, police exhumed Klaus's body. Oh, that kind of super sucks, but... There was no match to the genetic profiles they discovered among the evidence. Um, most concerned Michael was a tape recorder because Michael had a background in music. He knew a lot about acoustics and sound engineering and could not understand how a tape recorder could be definitively linked to the ransom call all those years ago. Um, even if the reel-to-reel device had been used to record the jingle, as the prosecution said, the kidnappers still would have had to transfer that recording to a second, more portable device, since the calls to the Herman, her, the Herman house were made from payphones. Hmm. The acoustic environments in the booth and at the kidnappers' home would have also influenced what the police eventually heard and recorded at the other end of the phone line. Damn, I feel like Michael should be a investigator, detective. Yeah, for real. And his lawyer actually advised him not to make a big deal out of it. Quote, she said, you don't do this as a co-plaintiff. If I did not think about habits, I just did what I thought was right, end quote. He wrote a letter to the court calling the sound expert's report about the tape recorder incomplete or one-sided. The judges were not very happy, but, you know, by law, they were obliged to read the letter out loud in court. It was highly unusual, as his lawyer kind of said... Um, the victim's brother was acting out in favor of the defense. Yeah, but I see his point because, like he said earlier, he wants the he, right guy. He doesn't just want to yeah. convict, convict anybody to and just put closure. He wants to actually close the case. Yeah, and he has some really good points. Like, honestly, I feel like a lot of what they did, the prosecution did, was kind of illegal, honestly, from yeah, the sound of it. like the confession like, that wasn't... Didn't have a signature. Yeah, the sound recording device. Like, you know how easy it would be to make those sounds exactly like if you listen to it and you worked for a month? And I feel like uh, we have a recorder in my house. You have a recorder in your house. Like, it's not an uncommon. Oh, yeah. the microphone. Yeah, the microphone. Not... But. Okay. I... But still. <laughs> I'm proud I'm not dumb, guys. I'm tired. But still, I feel like. I'm not saying everybody in the world has it, but it's not, like, an uncommon thing Yeah, I mean, I have one right here on my phone. Yeah. So, although I think it's kind of fishy still, I don't know if it's, like, a... It's, like, a huge piece of evidence to convict him of murder. No, I don't... I don't... I'm not convinced with him. But the, um... It's weird that they had hair DNA that doesn't match a cloth and doesn't match to Masrick. Yeah. I forgot about that DNA. And, yeah, Michael was not happy about it because after the verdict against Masrick was announced, Michael made a statement at the courthouse, quote, I am not convinced of his guilt, but neither am I convinced of his innocence, end quote. Instead of the circle being closed, it has opened further. Right, just, it's more questions to be answered for him. Pissed. Six months after the trial, in late 2010, Michael began to notice a strange, high-frequency noise in his left ear. It sounded like a hissing noise that would wake him up in the middle of the night, and it prevented him from falling back to sleep. Mm. Over time, it became worse, and it started to really just drive him crazy during the day, especially when he was trying to teach music. He has never experienced this before and thought it might have been related to the trial. 
Which... Uh, with dress-related tinnitus. Yep. The court appointed psychologists on hand that assisted relatives of, like, crime victims, looked at him, and agreed that the stress of the court was indeed the cause of his ear pain. That'd be horrible. Tinnitus is not fun. No. Definitely, because that would drive you crazy. It's like waking you up at night, not letting you go back to sleep, and then you're mm-hmm. trying to teach. He teaches music. He needs his ears. Certain frequencies, like with my hearing aids, certain frequencies, they hurt. I can't physically listen to them. Yeah. They hurt my head. They hurt my ears, and I can just imagine what tinnitus. <laughs> yeah, it sucks that it stressed them pee. out that bad. And Holly has to pee. I have to pee. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta pee so bad. Uh. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of editing in this one. Yeah, there will. It's like, I don't know. He's not going to attack you. What? <laughs> He's not going to eat you. Hi, guys. Hey. This is Casey. And this is Holly. And we're tired. Very. It's a whole move. My fucking nose itches. Damn it. I think I got a cat hair in it. Oh, you switched it again. Yeah, the ring was like moving around too much and it's just too big in my face. It's really red. Because I've been scratching it. No. I think I got a hair in it because fucking <laughs> animals everywhere. But I, I like this one. It's cuter. When the guy that worked told me my ring was trashy. I was like, you're trashy. But anyways. <laughs> This is what the spook. Spooky. Okay. We've had rough days. Yeah. I've had a rough day at least. My day was just long. One of the guys called me fat. He's like, why are your clothes getting baggier and baggier? Why do you keep buying bigger clothes? What? Is that what you wore to work? Oh, God, no. (laughs) I just thought it was too cute to wear work. No, I, I... do a pair of Taylor's jeans from high school to wear to work. Oh, my God. They're baggy. They're boy jeans. And, yeah. And then I wear usually like a, I have a, like a half quarter zip North Face fleece that I usually wear to work. Because I got it for like $10 at Goodwill and it's just two sizes too big. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wear baggy clothes because I want to. And I'm aware I gained like 30 pounds, so you can shut your fucking mouth. I go to work looking like a bum, so. (laughs) You haven't seen me at work. I'll send you a picture tomorrow, if I remember. I look horrible at work, but I don't even care because. It's work. It's work. I don't care. If it was wings, I would care because. Gotta look cute, made that tip money. That's true. Okay, guys, so we are going to pick up where we left you guys with little Ursula Herman and her weirdly stupid and depressing case. And really stupid kidnappers. God, that guy's a fucking idiot. Really is. Fucking idiot. Are you hot? Kind of. It's actually warmed up. Well, <laughs> no, no, I got my arms on my spine. You know what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> okay. I'm dying. So, we left off talking about DNA. DNA. And we left off telling you that in 2007, they found a match on DNA sample. Yay! Samples that they had. Well, it says they sent in, like, hair samples. Yeah, they found some hair because 
Kidnappers are idiots. Really stupid. I hate them. <laughs> Bitches. <sighs> Though a genetic sample was recovered from a screw on the box, and it matched that found on a glass in the Munich penthouse of a wealthy woman. Um, that woman was murdered there in May 2006. The police excitement about breakthrough was short-lived, though, because on trial for the Munich killer was the victim's nephew. And he was only a few years old when Ursula was kidnapped and obviously couldn't do it. So, the wealthy woman that got killed got killed by her nephew? Yep. Wow. So, okay. So, I wonder how young is the youngest convicted murderer that knew what he or she was doing? I don't know. We have to look Like, that not up. like mom and Chuck trying to stab Mick through the bars. That's true. Just being kids, well, but like... I think I listened to, I think it was either a Morbid podcast or a Crime Junkie podcast, but there was one who was like 10 or 11. Yeah, because it makes me wonder, like, you know, some kids, like I had a little kid in my session at Wink the other day, I went over there and she pulled a knife out of the, pulled a butter knife out of the packet they come and she's like, I have a knife! But you know, that's just a little kid thing, she's not saying, I have a knife, I'm gonna stab you. I mean, then she proceeded to take her fork out and try to poke her sister with it, but that's different than saying I have a knife and trying to stab somebody with it, right? Uh, so that just makes me wonder, like, at what age are you capable of possessing the thought, like, I'm going to fucking stab that person because they're, I'm going to kill them, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll do a mini-sode over that. That sounds like a lot of research. The youngest Con- known convicted murderer. Who's in their right mind? Well, I guess you wouldn't have to say right mind. I'm pretty sure you Who have to be they, a psychopath. Knew what they were doing. Well, I guess there's, like, a lot of kids will, like, burn down their family's home, killing their whole family. Oh, yeah, there's one in, like, Alabama or something. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty common, actually, for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, because kids are fucking spoiled nowadays. Yeah, it's been happening <laughs> for decades. I know, but it's happening more often now. That's true. I hate kids. Anyways, so... <laughs> I don't actually hate children, but I do at the same time, so... So, Yay. this nephew of the wealthy woman cannot be the murderer of Ursula, since he was, like, a little baby at the time. Toddler, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And they did extensive forensic investigations, and the judge ruled that no link could be established between the two cases. The nephew was convicted for the Munich murder. Although, it makes me think that maybe... It's like familiar. Yeah. Familial. I think we talked about this before. <laughs> okay, I mentioned it in lack of that yeah. I struggled over it. Familial. <laughs> DNA. DNA. So, like, maybe the nephew's father or cousin or... Distant relative. Because they said, you know, they were not sure how the samples matched. But, you know, they do say it is very rare, but mistakes do occur during genetic profiling. But, honestly, I'm kind of... I'm with Casey on this one, like... What if they were a distant relative? Because they don't have to be super close. Exactly. And you know how fucked up that is to think that, oh yeah, it does make mistakes, but we could like take you to a trial and use DNA evidence against you, even though it could just all be a mistake. Yeah, for real. Like, like what if he was like in his 50s at the time? Like, he would have been convicted of murder. I know, that'd be horrible. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell things like that, like. You could have recessive genes and be closer related to uh, 
that mine or yours? Mine, oh. I think. You could have, like, same genetic profile with a relative you've never met. Like, I could have the same genetic profile, like, almost exactly as Cousin Jess in New Mexico. Exactly. It's kind of, I don't know. And I've never met her. So I wonder how she they... She seems pretty cool on Facebook, and her mom <laughs> talks very highly of her, but I've never met her. I just wonder how they, like, distinguish between relatives and, like, the actual person. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to research DNA sometime, too. <laughs> DNA. DNA. <laughs> oh, man. So they did, did say this was probably a mistake, and the two cases were not related. Wah, wah. So another big lead turned out to be nothing. That would be so heartbreaking. Yeah, because this is like the third, fourth one that ended up being nothing. <sighs> I was about to yawn and then just came out of the side instead. I'm dying, guys. She I took can't. a nap before she came over, so. Kind of. I don't remember being like falling asleep that long, but apparently I was. The no quote me out by breathing her poopy breath in my face. I was like... Mm. Ew. Ajax it has nasty. Really, yeah, Ajax has bad breath. It wouldn't even be so bad we didn't eat cat poop. <gasps> bad dog. It's Ew, why do dogs do that? It smelled horrible. I'm like, can you just eat horse poop or something else instead? At least horse poop, horse poop smells like grass. That's true. Cat poop's really Ooh, bad. You know what's really bad? Cow poop. Hog poop. Going out to Taylor's grandparents' house in the summer when it's like a million degrees outside, I can't. It's like nauseating. But cow poop, imagine hog poop though. Have you ever smelled? Yeah, there's some, there's a hog farm around there and you can smell it. It's horrible. I'm like, I don't even like going out there in the summer. (laughs) I love the house, but the cows, like the shit bakes in the sun. It smells so horrible. Okay, on from poop. (laughs) Um, The prosecutor's looking at the Herman case. You know, their time was running out because the death was not deemed a murder, but rather a kidnapping with deadly consequences, and that crime carried a 30-year statute of limitations. That right there pisses me off because she was murdered. She was murdered. Like, well, I know they didn't uh, they wanted her to stay alive, but they still killed her. Like, they are the reason why she died. Yeah, so why can't it be murder and kidnapping with deadly consequences? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so they had, you know, five years to solve this case. Five years? That would be so, like, ugh. I don't know how I feel about that. So this was 25 years before the 30-year statue was... What's up? What's up? Wow. So it's been 25 years at this time? That would be horrifying. Uh, so prosecutors went back to the 1980s case files to look at the main suspects again. Klaus Fafinger. That last name's awful. Anyways. Fafinger. <laughs> well, you can call him Klaus, guys. Yeah, so that was the man who claimed to have dug the hole and then like took it all back for some reason. I don't know. Ooh. So, yeah, he died within these 25 years. Yay! But his friend, well, I guess they really weren't friends. They were like, I don't know. I don't think they were acquaintances. No, they were acquaintances. Okay. Werner Maverick. He was still alive. And he was living with his wife in the north of Germany where he ran a boat accessories business with a friend on Tuesday evenings, a snack bar that bore the advertising slogan, 
quote, Norbit's pig and Werner's beer, the finest at the harbor pier, end quote. Isn't that fucking horrible? Yeah. I, I don't even like. So. I'm just going to get that tattoo across my face. Norbit's pig. So I'm assuming they <laughs> serve like a, maybe a barbecue place. Wieners. They serve wieners. <laughs> beer. <laughs> wieners and beer. So he had it. Hey, welcome to Germany. I wonder <laughs> if he had his like own beer. Maybe they made their own beer. Tainted with the blood and tears of children. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. So I wonder where he got all this money at. Remember earlier, 25 <laughs> years ago, he was pretty poor, wasn't he? He owed uh, people he a lot of money. He owed him dad, but he had a successful business. He just, I think it sounds like he drank the money. Okay, so maybe he stopped drinking? Uh, well, he, that's Warner Spears. That's true. <laughs> Not sure how he... Well, he did have a partner. His friend was in this business with him, so... Yeah, and it sounds like it was relatively successful, I guess. Not with that name or advertising <laughs> slogan. Hey, it sounds like it was a little nursery rhyme, though. Like, you just gotta, like, sing it. Okay, sing it. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I can't. I don't think I could do that without laughing, and I might pee myself. Oh, I'm my gosh. Doing that. So anyways, in 2007, <laughs> Masaryk was placed under surveillance and an un- undercover officer <laughs> deployed to befriend him. Ooh, he just like, hey, Masaryk, you were my friend. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I, I feel like all you have to do is go to the bar and drink with him and then you're friends. I know. I don't know why I always default to a southern accent. I don't know either. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, uh, police planted recording devices in his car and his house, and they tapped his phone. So, it's like, hey, Alexa. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And in October of that year, his home was searched, and he was asked last forced to provide a saliva sample, but that did not match any genetic profile found on the box. That's... Okay, but can we take a moment to appreciate his man bun? You know what? That's Michael. That is a pretty nice man, but he has it all, like, perfectly slicked slick back. back. Like, okay. there's no loose hairs or anything. Yeah, we're going to post a picture of this, but um, it's a picture of Michael, Ursula's brother, and he's got this, like, man bun. He looks like a villain from a James Bond show, movie. Yeah, he looks, he looks he like, looks like he... sexually evil. Yeah, but he's not evil, so. Uh... As far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. <laughs> there goes Holly's phone. Again, it can stay down there. So, the prosecutors had one hope left. Among the items taken from Masaryk's house during the search was an old reel-to-reel tape recorder. Ooh. So, <laughs> why would he keep the tape recorder? Because he's fucking stupid he forgot to build a fucking goddamn ventilation system and killed her oh sorry guys you don't know this yet so if he is the one why would he keep a recorder that might possibly have evidence on it because he's fucking stupid like holly said dumbass so in the calls to ursula's parents in the days after her disappearance the kidnappers played lovely jingle sound whenever they called. That's not the actual jingle, by the way. <laughs> That's just our <laughs> jingle. That's just, well, because in the Final Destination movie, the one where the car came off the racetrack, that's one of the premonitions, and that fucking 
that I hear that in my nightmares. Like every single nightmare, I can be dreaming about medieval ages and a demon chasing me, and I'll hear that sound. Not that I've dreamed that, but you know, just I don't think I have anyways. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, that's just like I hear that in all my nightmares. So that's what just first came to mind. Okay, guys. I just kind of like that jingle. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um. I don't know. It's. Oh, wait. No, I don't know. Oh, it'll come back to me. It's stupidly obvious. I just can't think of the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So when the police officers found the tape recorder, they're like, "This could be something." Or it could be nothing. So they had a sound expert who had access to the original recordings of the 1981 calls. Because remember, going way back, the police officers were smart about this. And they recorded every single phone call as after the first one or second one, I think. It was after, I think, the first one. Ursula's parents called them and were like, hey, we're getting weird phone calls. Yeah. So the police officers actually were smart and started recording them. So, the sound expert spent months conducting tests on the tape recorder, concluding that it was indeed used in the kidnapping. Yay, they had something. Finally, they have some physical evidence, yeah. and this just proves how retarded these kidnappers are. <laughs> yeah, and on May 28, 2008, nearly 27 years after Maverick was arrested... He was flown to Augsburg, a city near Ecken. Ursula's parents were still living in the same house. What? Um, they had been notified a few days before that, you know, hey, we're going to go where remains the rest is imminent. And they were also told they could be part of the trial because under the German legal system, relatives of the victims of certain serious crimes are allowed to formally join the prosecution as... <laughs> um, <laughs> a weird word. As, um... Not even going to try to pronounce that. Co-plaintiffs. And that gives them the right to view evidence, request witnesses, and put questions to the judge. Is. Judges. But Ursula's parents didn't want to be confronted again by the, you know, by the crime. So, instead, it was agreed that the co-plaintiff would be their oldest son, Michael, who was, by then, in his 40s. He was teaching religion and music at girls' secondary school in Augsburg. He was a still pretty shy, quiet family man, but he also was one who was, quote, not content with half-truths, unquote, as his old friend Michael Hofstetter, who was with him in Ekin on the evening, Ursula disappeared, told a newspaper, quote, he has a very deep sense of justice that drives him, unquote. Aw. <laughs> so, like we were saying earlier. the man bun. I bet all the girls that He was were, actually like, not a bad-looking guy. No, I mean. he just, he's like... A handsome villain looking. Like, he looks evil, but you know he's not. But he's not, like, ugly. He's actually very handsome. Just Yeah. He's, like... He's, he just has a very serious look on his face. And he just has the sharp facial features. He is pretty handsome, though. Like, what well, could be his... They need a better picture of him. Uh, what do he look like with his hair down? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, I'm going to Google of him. Ouch. I'm going to... I forget what we were talking about. Oh, wait. I oh, have yeah. an iPad right in front of me. Why am I not using that? So, Michael, like we said earlier, was kind of like the spokesperson for the family because his family were very private people and did not want attention. Why are you not making noise? You're supposed to be on silent. Probably your nails. No, it's not my nails. I'm like, The trial <laughs> opened. Oh, well. The trial began in February 2009. Um. 
see anything straight. <laughs> um. Oh. Oh. Look at him. For an older man, he's <laughs> actually pretty handsome. He's way older in that picture. Or maybe he just has really gray hair. I don't know, but he's at, look how handsome he is. He's like Johnny Depp. He gets hotter as he gets older. Look at that, though. I kind of have a crush now. Um, oh anyway, continue, Casey. I already tried. I can't. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you can't? I started and I just can't. Ooh, look at him, though. It's not popping up. Wow. Look at his jawline. He should be a model. Maybe he was. Or, well, no, he's a pretty shy guy. And he's religious. I don't think religious people are models. No, maybe some. He looks really serious in that one. Look at them eyes. He's handsome. <clears throat> so the trial began <laughs> February 2009. Maserick was considered... <laughs> I told you I can't do it. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me find more. Ooh, what is that? that? Oh, it's that one article um, we were looking up last time. I clicked the wrong tab. Okay. <clears throat> I will try this. The uh, the trial open in February. That was very um, The trial opened February 2009 with a packed court in Augsburg. Maserick, dickhead, dumbass, stupid face, um, he was characterized in one paper as a bearded giant. I was doing finger quotes there. I couldn't see them. Um, he sat in front of his wife, who is also on trial as an accessory to the crime. That's interesting to me, though. Yeah, for real. He insisted he was innocent, reading from a 20-page statement and saying, quote, I know I was certainly not a good citizen, sometimes rude, and will see many attempts to portray me as a bad person, but I have nothing to do with this act, unquote. Yeah, I bet the fuck you don't. Uh, at least he called himself rude, though. At least he knows he's a shitty well, he person. He just said sometimes rude. That's true. You rude all the time, bitch. <laughs> that is true. <sighs> so the prosecution had no trouble with finding evidence of his poor character. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, he's so stupid. The only people to say good things about him was Maserick's daughter and stepson. And, well, of course, that's... Well, they had few good things to say about him so as a father so not very much because he's fucking stupid yeah but those are the only two that had somewhat good things to say about him he had run-ins with the law including a fraud conviction in 2004 for falsifying documents and then there was a story about the dog which i hate i hate i hate now can we skip over this oh he killed a dog and he, because he, he in the fucking freezer because she knocked over the trash. Okay. Next. Oh, so sad. If okay. you guys want to look up the story, you can look it up, but we're not going to read it out loud because last time it made me tear up. Yeah. And. And I ain't no weak bitch. I ain't going to cry again today. It was his wife that found. Ah, uh, poor, poor Susie. Poor little Susie. Which and his wife did divorce him, so. After that. He so said that know. he punished the pet with exile to Serbia. Fucking dickhead. I want to exile you, your stupid ass Serbia. I feel like I would definitely divorce Jesse if he killed my fucking dogs. I would oh, be you wouldn't, you wouldn't find Taylor if he killed my dogs. He'd be in dog. that freezer. Taylor would be 
buried in the backyard somewhere. You know, we talk about killing our significant others <laughs> too much. Um, yeah, I got a few comments on the talk about putting them in the box. You guys, we love our significant others. That don't mean we like them all the time, though. We probably won't put them in the freezer, but... No, we won't, because then we'll go to jail. The box is questionable. Maybe we probably like it. Just throw some video games in there. Yeah. And some beer. Well, actually, Jesse, some beer in there. Jesse's very claustrophobic, so... Oh. I, yeah, Taylor might not like it. <laughs> Taylor would probably bust them out. Or Jesse might murder Taylor in the process of trying to get Ooh, out. Oh, that could be, too. Let's not do that. We'll put them in a big he shed. We'll make a he shed for them. He shed! Yeah. And we'll lock them in it. We'll put padlock on the outside. Ooh, good idea. You guys, we're not actually going to do any of this stuff. We love our significant others very much. Sometimes. Which is why we're still with them. Well, like I said, we love them. We don't mean we always have to like them. That's true. Because there's definitely those days where... I didn't like Taylor very much on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that... Oh, no, my. <clears throat> so the uh, the prosecution laid out circumstantial evidence against Mathers. He had a motive because he needed money, and he had the means to secretly build a box because he owned a workshop. When Ursula was missing, he had been observed listening to police radio, and a piece of leather used in the box construction was cut from a belt owned by somebody with a large stomach like Mathers. His beard oh gut. God, I love when they just threw that in there. Well, yeah. Earlier they said he had, well, we said he had a beard gut. Yeah, they said he had a big belly consistent with a drinker. Yeah. Let's not, like, make why? it sound elegant. See, this guy's just retarded. Cause why would you use your own belt? Because he's stupid. To use to <laughs> construct this box. That is oh, not man. very smart in my eyes. No. And in 2007, police searched and bugged his house. They listened in on a phone call between him and an old friend from Ekin where they discussed the statute of limitation for the case. Huh. Huh. That's not suspicious. You should... I mean, I would think that I'd be a little careful about what I say. Like, obviously, they're going to bug your shit. They did it before. They're going to do it again. Right. Even if they didn't bug it, like, they could go to your friends and family and be like, I need you to come in here for, like, questioning. So, like, why would why? you... Why are you so... Stupid. Yeah. So the key elements of the prosecutor's case (laughs) were the revoked confession by Kloss. If you remember earlier, the retard confessed and didn't confess and was just stupid. And then told the secretary. (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, man, you work with the police. If I tell you a secret, you won't tell the police, will you? Secretary, if I... No, dude, no, I won't. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah. And then she's like, hey, man, cops, this guy just confessed. And, like, again, Southern accent. Um, anywho. They use this confession <laughs> that he dug the hole at Masaryk's request and the tape recorder. Wait, where are we at? Oh, okay. <laughs> I lost my place for a minute. So they told pretty much in front of the um, jury, they were, they insisted that the confession was credible, even though they didn't have Kloss there. Yeah, to... and they did mention that it was revoked, but you know yeah, they. But they had it. it. I believe they had this recorded. His confession recorded the first one before it was revoked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the old police files were shown, and Kloss's confession 
was shown and it was accurate in several ways like how he described the burial site in detail like from the size of the forest glade and the dimensions of the hole to the solid soil 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 (laughs) conditions i want to say solid for some reason i don't know why understandable so the dimensions of the hole to the soil conditions was pretty on point that's it there's so much. Yeah. It's not looking good for Masaryk at this point. <laughs> Masaryk is fucking stupid. He's lucky he got away with it as long as he did. I know. Well, oh, dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Was it 27 years before they arrested him finally? Is that what it was? Yeah. Because they got three years uh, left. That's a long time to get away uh, with murder. Horrible. So the lead police investigator in 1982 was convinced Paffinger, Paffinger, Whatever fucking last name is, Klaus, deliberately <laughs> misled him during the fourth visit when he could not locate where the box was buried. And testifying in court all these years later, the same policeman described Klaus as an, quote, excellent actor and practice swindler, end quote. See, I feel like... Bitch. They couldn't use any of this evidence in court if Klaus was smart and didn't confess to the crime. And then not confess later and then telling people secrets like he's fucking be stupid he kind of fucked over his friend Masaryk or not really friend but acquaintances Ooh, i can make that bigger i just found that out the tape recorder was the most important piece of evidence of course i mean that's the one physical piece of evidence yeah. They had, besides, oh, I guess, the belt, too, right? The belt. And it's the most controversial, too, though. Yeah. Wah-wah. So, when questioned by police in 2007, Masaryk said they had, or he had purchased the tape recorder only a fee- few weeks earlier at a flea market on a short holiday with his wife. They were on a short holiday vacation. Yep. They come holiday. That's not a holiday, me. That's hell. Anyway, vacation? <laughs> Sometimes. Have you ever been on vacation with just hell? My last one was good. He fucking ran at me. I turned the light on and I turned around to see if I could see where he was. And he fucking sprinted at me at full speed. I thought you were me. <laughs> Scared me. What did he do when he got close to you? I screamed and he ran. (laughs) You're like, ah! I'm like, ah! Oh my god! Poor kitty. Can you you hear me screaming on the tape? Probably. (laughs) We're keeping that in. Oh my god! Fucking cat. (laughs) Poor kitty. Poor kitty. My ass. Fucking mammoth cat ran at me. The man he saw you was that big. He's huge. He tried to kill me. During the trial, <laughs> I'm done. Okay, Holly's still recovering from being almost you know attacked. I'm by... gonna take a, a fucking hanger next time. You gonna throw a hanger at my cat? I'm not gonna throw it at him. I'm gonna swing it at him. Oh my lord! I'm just kidding. Poor Bellamy. <laughs> He's too cute. <laughs> scared me. I ran back in here because I could see where he was. Cause it's fucking dark out there. Damn it. During the trial, Masaryk had sent Michael a letter, like, wow, he's brave. 
The letter was to not thank him for questioning the tape recorder evidence, but to tell him that they were somehow on the same side. Like, he was trying to convince Michael that him and Michael were on the same side, and from prison, Maserick kept writing and even sent a Christmas card Maserick, bro, Michael. are you stupid? Do you know how smart Michael is? Do you think he can be like, yeah, bro, we're BFFs? He can be like, no, go fuck yourself. Right. So Michael, in 2013, replied with, quote, I was surprised to receive a letter from you. Because it was certainly clear to you that despite all the doubts I have about your guilt, I have considerable reservations about your person, end quote. He wrote, quote, if you are not the culprit, I wish for more new insights and that you can be rehabilitated. If you are the culprit, go to hell, end quote. So he basically told Maserick, go fuck yourself. Yeah. If he's not the person that did it, <laughs> then I hope for the best for you. But if you are the person, then just go to hell and please stop writing me. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. What did Maserick expect? I don't know. So, by them, Jesus, who is that? Is that Maserick? No. Yes. Oh, it is. Ew. It's Ew. Kind of... Ew. Oh, I can't wait to post a picture on him. Oh, man. Um. So, by then, Michael was increasingly skeptical that Maserick was guilty. Um, after the trial ended, Michael kept returning his ears ringing to the case files, which he had stored on his computer. And, you know, he kind of went through the evidence on the files and organized them in folders. It put a strain on his marriage, unfortunately. He separated from his wife in 2012. Because he mm. couldn't let... He just couldn't let go. Yeah. He felt he owed it to his parents, to himself, and even to the German public to pursue the truth. He said, what drives me is ethics, doing what is morally right. It was just wrong for this case to end like it did. See, that's why sometimes I hate it. Sometimes it's good for family members to just Just move move on on because that cost him his marriage. His whole life is focused around this and it's been what almost thirty years well, two thousand thirteen. Thirty years by then. Over thirty years. It's horrible. But yeah, in two thousand thirteen he filed a civil claim seeking Money and damages from Matherick for causing his tinnitus. It was a legal ruse, you know, since Matherick would defend the case on the basis that he was wrongfully convicted. And the court would have to reconsider the fact that the criminal trial, or of the criminal trial, before coming to conclusion. Michael was actually pretty smart in that. You know, he felt like it would be an opportunity to get nearer to the truth. Good idea. See? I'm already getting smarter cold. Yeah, there. because he clearly knew Matherick wasn't going to be able to pay him shit anyways. Yeah, he's like, bitch, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Yep. You going down. So, actually, the judges knew what was going on, and they were pretty pissed off. Uh-oh. Yeah, they tried to stop it from going forward, didn't they? Yeah. The court insisted that an independent psychiatrist examined Michael and ruled that his... Tinnitus. Tinnitus was tinnitus. Tinnitus <laughs> was caused by the the trial, but after the psychiatrist confirmed it was, the case finally went ahead in 2016. So basically, Jeez. the judges were like, "Oh, you're gonna have to get a professional to look at it and tell us that it was caused by stress." Yeah, like from a the trial. second professional. Jeez, and after that, the case went on for two more than two years. This is going on forever. It's like just fucking end it. So unlike 
a criminal trial where the media focuses just on Masaryk. It was now on Michael also. He found himself having to explain to his people in his music and religion classes who knew him kind of as a reserved, kind teacher. He had to explain why they were seeing his face all over newspapers and TV. He took journalists to Ecking and into the forest where Ursula was kidnapped. So, since he did this, a lot of the media was starting to be focused on him. him and in his <laughs> handsome man bun face. Apart from the his family and close friends, not very many people understood exactly why he was still pursuing the case because they convicted Masaryk already and people were like, why are you still chasing this guy? He's already in prison for life. There's no point. And he just wanted what was best for his little sister. He wanted the right person to be convicted. Right. And it didn't help that Masaryk was kind of harassing him of writing him letters and stuff. Until he told him to fuck off. Until, like, and the yeah, nicest possible way ever. Like, go to hell, dude. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, a local journalist who covered the criminal and civil cases actually told his newsroom colleagues why, why Michael couldn't just let it go. And why Michael was acting like the way he was. The journalist told them that he was quiet and calm, but he was still looking into the files, and there was a little bit of a, like, obsession happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, the civil trial went on, and it became clear that he was not the only person with doubts about the original verdict. Appearing for the defense was retired physicist and amateur sound expert named Bern Hader, I like that first name, Burned. Who, he had just built his Burned. first tape recorder from scratch. Or he had built his first tape recorder from scratch in the 1960s. He lived in a village just a few miles from Ekin. He remembered the coverage of the crime. And although he never heard of Mather before his arrest, um, you know, he remembered covered from the crime. Right, since it was such a huge case. Yeah. So, Burned followed the 2009 trial in the media. And like Michael, you know, he was skeptical about the tape recorder evidence, which, like we discussed, is very skeptical. So he borrowed a similar machi- machine, got a hold of ransom call recordings, and tried to see if it was possible to replicate the fanatic expert's findings. And after a year of testing, he concluded it was not. And he's like, hey, man, I can help you to Mather's lawyer. That's interesting. So now Michael has a professional looking into it, which that professional went to Mazarek's lawyer. And was like, hey, man. Huh. 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 Yeah, so when the author of this article visited Hayter in the spring, viral tape recorder was still in his loft. And after lunch, he told them Michael Herman was the only person in the original trial who understood what the problem with this evidence was. He said it's impossible, but he was sitting on the wrong side of the court. Wow. Whoa. So, towards the end of the civil case, Michael gained another ally. I love her last name. Zipser. I love it! (laughs) In London, a German academic named Barbara Zipser. Zipser. (laughs) 
how do you say zipser zipser i fucking love it oh my god i'm gonna change my last name to that zipser yeah i think i think taylor would probably change his last name to that too I'm going to text him and ask him. So, this lady <laughs> read an article online about his efforts to get the truth, and she was a child in Germany when Ursula was kidnapped, and she recalled what was going on and what happened. So, mm-hmm. it kind of left an impact on her, and she actually met up with them, and she thought whoever did this, she wanted that person in jail. Are you looking up Zipser? Oh, no. Uh, I talked to Taylor, though. Oh? I'm trying to find a picture for the Facebook page. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to look her up. Oh, I can. Yeah, let me pull it up. <laughs> I can't do it on there because we're getting off of that. So, <laughs> Zipser decided... I'm not going to keep saying her last name. Zipser. Zipser. She decided to compare the ransom notes sent by the kidnappers to samples of Masaryk's writing, which I don't know why they didn't do this to begin with. Like, why wouldn't they... Well, I guess that's more of his defense team that should have done that. And this was all posted on the internet, so you could get this information anywhere. So that's where she got it from. Zipster analyzed the words used in the writing style. And whoever composed the ransom note was well-educated. And she also mentioned that the person that was writing it pretended to be, like, a foreigner because they wrote in broken German and she pretty much said that she is 100% sure it was not Masaryk who wrote the ransom note. So now they have the tape recorder guy on Masaryk's side. They have Zipser on Masaryk's side. Michael's like, well, hell, I'm glad I was fighting for this and took him to civil court because none of this would have came to light if I didn't. So when she met Michael in Germany, she spent a lot, a lot of hours going through the case files with him. She 100% supported his findings, and a few years later, after the criminal trial, Michael thought there was still a 50% chance that Masaryk was the kidnapper. But now, after all this information is coming to light, he puts it at like a 1%. Oh, wow. So that's really interesting. And I actually see their point. I I don't know why they wouldn't include the ransom note in the first trial. I don't know either. Like, why wouldn't they, like, both sides conducted, like, a study with the ransom note to see if it matches writing style and stuff. Yeah, for real. That was retarded. So, in 2018, in August, the civil case concluded and the court ordered Masaryk to pay Michael the amount of money for his ear. It was a victory that... Michael kind of, he saw it as a loss, not a victory. Since since to arrive at the decision, the judges first needed to agree with the criminal court that Masaryk, together with mm. unidentified accomplice, was indeed the man who kidnapped Ursula. That's so bad. basically, he Michael won the case, but he didn't win the case. He didn't accomplish what he wanted. Yeah, because the court still saw Masaryk as a man who killed his little sister, and... This, yeah, it just didn't go the way know. he wanted. Um, in an open letter to the Bavarian state and the media, Michael wrote, quote, My sister's fate has stayed with me for 37 years, and to this day, it is unclear who is actually responsible for her death. Could it be that the Augsburg legal system is not actually interested in solving the case of Ursula Hermann? 
the death of my little sister. I see his point because it seems yeah. like they found a guy they could pin this on and they just took it. They took they the did. chance and wanted the case closed. It did. And he goes on to say that if the court can decide to close the proverbial lid, it should be well aware that one cannot shut the truth away. Aw, that's sad. So it he's never going to have closure. No. So Mazurk, since he was arrested in 2008, he was represented by Walter Rubach one of Bavaria's best-known defense lawyers. Rubach, you know, he sees things black and white. The client asked him whether they, he believed in their innocence, as Mathurick did in 2008. He brushes away the question. He said, I told him I don't believe any of my clients. My job is to work out if there is enough proof and evidence to convict them. Damn! Damn! I like him. Yeah. So, in Mathurick's case, he was convinced from the beginning that there was not enough evidence. And he was right. There There's wasn't. not enough physical. I mean, the DNA didn't even match him. The DNA didn't match him. The... The recording was proven wrong. The, the ransom letter was proven not to be him. The confession should have been... It wasn't even signed by Klaus. Yeah, it was not, should not have been used. And I mean, Maverick, even if he was a rude drunk, he was a very smart handyman. He would have known to put in a fucking ventilation system. Yeah, because I still think kidnappers are fucking retarded. Whoever did it, is Maverick the one? I don't know. Yeah, for real. Um, Rubach said it was clear that Matherick was a person who could have committed the, something like that. There were no hard facts. It was circumstantial case at its finest. I'm still upset of, you know, at how he got convicted. Was it you say in England? Rather let 10 guilty men go free than hang one innocent one. Damn. Damn. I like that quote, though. I do, too. We've had to add that to our quote list. Yeah, we, we, I like that one that we were going to add. We need to find it. <laughs> um, Rubak had little personal interaction with Michael. Uh, he watched him across the court. He liked him and admired him. He said what he had done as a co-plaintiff, going against the decision of a court. This had never happened before in Germany. First time for everything, bitch. He's fighting for his little sister. my word today, bitch. Bitch. And damn. Damn. So, from his prison cell, Mathurk is still trying to clear his name. Still. Um, The author wrote to him this year, and Mathurk replied, saying he had hired a private investigator to track down the man who sold him the tape recorder. He said, I am just angry, and I'm awaiting the 11th anniversary of my time in jail. Can you imagine if he is innocent and he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail and, like, the courts don't even care? That'd be horrible. Besides Michael and the his defense lawyer and the tape recorder guy and Zipser. It's, it's, yeah, it's horrible. So, yeah, the uh, author met Michael um, on a Sunday morning in April, described him as, you know, despite the legal setbacks and the tinnitus that continued to bother him, he comes across as calm. And he possesses a dry sense of humor. Michael knows the case material so well because he put he probably put in more hours than some of the detectives have. Yeah, he read all those pages. That's insane. There were so yeah. many. And you know, basically, he talked like a private or special investigator. And you know, he noted when he parked in a certain spot on the road between Ecken and Shandor, he noted that that was probably where the kidnappers parked when they you know they were burning the box of the forest. There was an SUV trackling into the woods. And Michael said, we need to walk 141 miles and look 20 meters to the left. 141 meters. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's um, a lot of miles. And then look 20 meters to the left to locate the spot where Earth was buried. You know, he said they don't know for sure she was sedated and carried or she was forced to walk there. But they know she was taken on path specifically cut through the forest. Wow. Oh, that's so sad. 
I hate it. Oh, then Michael's father died several years ago, and in 2016, his mother moved out of the family home in the village, so she finally moved away, which I'm kind of glad she did, because can you imagine living in the same house and same area that you're... I know, I can't believe they did. I would be the fuck out of there. Yeah, so it took her until 2016 to move away from the village, Mm -hmm. but her youngest brother, Haynes, they finally give a name. Don't tell that. Her younger brother, Haynes, who was a surfer, still actually lives in the family house in the village. And he rents out the bottom floor to two Syrian refugees. Oh, that's very sweet of him. I know, very trusting. I wouldn't wouldn't rent out my house to anybody if I didn't know. Oh my gosh. Because I look into too much true crime. Seems (laughs) like he's a good dude, though. Yeah, he does. So, Michael called him. He did not want to show up with a journalist unannounced. And Haynes... Hans, Haynes, whatever. Invited him in for coffee. They never spoke about Ursula, and Haynes has never talked to the media about his sister's death. Aw. But the public... I don't even know what I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) So, basically, Michael was the only family member that kept fighting for the case to be reopened. Yeah. I mean, he was supported. Yeah, but... but Wanted to stay kind of private, basically. Michael was the only one that's open and in the public eye. So after lunch at the restaurant beside the lake where they were eating at, they walked along the road to the forest. The same route Ursula took on a way to gym class nearly 40 years ago. Wow. Mm, that'd be like time warp. Yeah, what? that would be crazy. Yeah. It says the spruce trees were a lot taller than they were back then. And the undergrowth wasn't quite as thick. That makes sense, though. But the path is the same. Three meters wide and compacted with gravel. Yeah. And they kind of, you know, Michael stopped on the path in a certain spot and said this is where she was kidnapped, it's where her bike was found, and where the bell wire ended. Okay, so my question is, they found the fucking bell wire... And if I were her bike were found, why they didn't find it earlier? That still bothers me so much yeah, about this case. Yeah, because they didn't find it until they went back. Like or, a few years later. Yeah, when they found it. So that uh, just really bothers me still. That is weird. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, they used it as a part of a warning system. The police had noticed the wire while searching for Ursula. Oh. oh, okay. But they only learned of it significant more than a year later. So basically when they were looking at it, they were like, oh, that's nothing with Ursula. Like, just... Oh, and the only reason they even noticed it was a, um, like, a warning thing, because two students came forward from the private school nearby and said that seven or eight months after their kidnapping, they were chasing an owl through the forest, and they found the bell wire strung through the tree. Chasing an owl? Yeah. Why were they chasing an owl? I don't know. So, you know, <laughs> they examined the wire, and they realized it must have been used during the kidnapping. One of the kidnappers... Must have waited for the victim, and the other served as a lookout with the finger on a button that would light up a bulb or sound a buzzer at the other end of the wire. You know what's really weird, though? It says that the boys are the ones that took the wire down. Yeah, and they measured it on the school athletic trap and then kept it in a dormitory. Until the police came and got it. That's odd. Maybe hmm. just curious boys chasing owls? I don't know. But... Who the fuck chased? How do you chase an owl? And I wouldn't. How just, do you chase an owl? I wouldn't look at the wire and be like, "I'm gonna take this back to the dormitory and yeah, keep it in a locked box." <laughs> oh man! So the wire 
is believed to be one of the key pieces of evidence that could help identify the kidnappers. So besides hunters, joggers, and cyclists, the boarding school pupils also knew the forest well. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, but apparently none of them was fingerprinted at the time of the investigation. Plot twist! So that's, okay, the boarding school is that rich school I was talking about earlier. The yeah. private school is, like, really close to the forest. Oh, my gosh. Okay, and it says, another piece of evidence hints at the possible involvement of a younger person in the plot. An impression on the paper, the ransom paper, um, identify, revealed a mathematical probability tree, the sort taught to teenagers. And also, in one of the comics found the box, one of the main characters drives a Fiat 600. Huh. So. This is interesting. Yeah. So late last year, in an effort to have the case reopened, Michael submitted a dossier of all his new evidence and theory to the state prosecutor's office in Augsburg. And in April, um, the spokesperson for the public prosecutor acknowledged that many people still had questions about the verdict in the criminal trial but insisted that the judges had arrived at the correct decision in 2010 that it was final and absolute. Whatever. And in August, that became official when the prosecutor's office announced that would not be reopening the That's case. That's bullshit. Because now they have all kids. Their parents probably paid them off. You know what? That's true because Eking was a richer town. Like, the parents that lived in that town had a lot of money and the students that went to that boarding school had a lot of money. Well, their families did. So maybe, yeah, maybe a powerful person who has powerful connections. Yeah. And definitely back then in the 1980s, that was kind of well known for people to do that too. It still is now. Like, if you listen to the preppy murders, it's kind of... That's true. And those actresses and actors and famous people that paid that guy to, like, take their kids' ST... STD. I said STD. ST. SATs. SATs to make them have like better scores and stuff. That's stupid. So yeah, um, Michael apparently through his lawyer told the local press that he'd be making no more public statements about the case nor giving interviews, which the media interpreted as him finally giving up. But when the author emailed him recently, he said this is not true. I didn't say that I'm not going to take it any further. That's so sad. Case makes me mad. Damn it, this case makes me mad. It does. It's like almost up there with Phoebe and Jessica. They have all this evidence proving that... It was probably a fucking kid at the fucking goddamn boarding like school. Like, Masaryk could still be involved, but they don't think they have only the one dude caught. They No, and a kid wouldn't think about uh, a ventilation system like that. They wouldn't. You know what? They wouldn't. Hmm. 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 So, on the anniversary of Ursula's kidnapping and death... 38th anniversary. 38th, yes. Damn. The author of this article received a message, well, that message about the judge, or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, so, on the past few years, Michael, his siblings, and his mother traveled to the graveyard with Ursula Ferry, just the four of them. No partners. <laughs> no partners okay like significant others yeah okay yeah you that would probably like a cinema <laughs> moment and you ruined it that was just, like partners <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 okay 
stop laughing, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. You're making my So brain. after they travel to the graveyard, that's where they remembered the little girl who left her cousin's house on her red bicycle on a summer's evening and never came home. I said that so seriously. Beautiful. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You didn't even stumble over any words. I That's know. Awesome. Is that it? Oh! Yeah. Woo! Oh, we finally finished. So what was supposed to be a mini episode is now like a fucking two and a half, three hour long episode probably. Yeah. Because I feel like we record for a while. We're at an hour and like 17 minutes right now. Damn. Damn. So that's a very sad case of Ursula who still doesn't have fucking justice because nobody will reopen the case because, because of a rich body, snotty, stupid ass. Yeah, probably because kid. of rich <clears throat> fucking families who think they have power over everybody, even yeah, a dead little girl's body. Easier Ugh. over the, another child. Yeah. Fuck them. Even if it was a teenager. Well, this is also in Germany. This is in the United States. I don't know how Jeremy's court systems work. I don't, still, I don't know how our court system I works. I feel really. bad that, I mean, I don't feel bad because Nazareth's kind of a shitty person, but I feel bad if he's been in the rest. jail for the wrong crime. Yeah, if he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. For the wrong crime. And he might not. I'm not saying he 100% didn't do it, but if he might not have done it because evidence is kind of showing that he probably didn't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did, honestly. Like, I don't know. Part of me says that he didn't do it. That's my instinct. It sounds more like it was probably somebody from that boarding school, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, they probably go on the forest to play every day and, yeah. and I think mean, about, chase fucking owls. How the fuck do you chase a motherfucking owl? That seems what? like a sketchy story. And they removed the wire and took it back to the dorm. And measured it on the athletic field. Yeah. And, okay, so nobody took a second look at the measure and the fucking wire, so they must be seeing shit like that around the school. It just seems like a sketchy story Weird. to me. Okay. But, yeah, that's where we're going to leave you with this case, guys. Um, Let us know what you think about it. Let us know who you think did it. Was it Nazarick? Mm. Or was it them shitty boarding school kids? Because I'm leaning towards the shitty boarding school kids. Me too, and it sounds like Michael is too. And if we've heard Michael is not giving up, he's not going to be open to the media, but we will kind of keep an eye on it so if we see anything about it we would definitely update you guys and we do have a true crime update the Aww. missing woman from ohio was found dead yesterday or two days yeah, ago and she was pregnant and she's found in a different house than her yeah. boyfriend who was found dead too yeah they're not releasing her cause of death or anything yet so because open investigation still so yeah but they did have a um suspect well, person of interest. Probably the person whose house you found in. Yeah. They do have that guy in custody. They don't know. They're still investigating it all. Yeah, and so they haven't not... said if he's like a suspect or not. They're still not releasing. Yeah. Just a person of interest right now. But if it changes, we will let you know. Yeah. And they found some remains in the case of the um, wrestler's stepdaughter that was missing. They found some remains. They think it was her. I can't remember her oh, name. Oh, I remember that. The Alabama girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that today. So they said that they thought it was hers, but they're not definitively saying yet. So. They're finding a lot of bodies lately. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, at least they're finding them. Well, they yeah. didn't find her quickly. But they found the one girl and Get her closure. boyfriend pretty quickly. So, yeah. So there is a pretty good suspect in the Alabama case. 
So, again, once we know more about these, we will update you guys. But, in the meantime, that's about all we know. That's the only true crime news I can think of. Yeah, me too. Can't think of anything else. So, yeah. Thank you for joining us on a spooky walk through a German forest where little girls get shoved in boxes that don't have fucking ventilation systems. And the, probably the wrong guys in prison. Anywho, please listen to us and I keep listening wanna, to us and telling your friends. I just want to know how the fuck you chase an owl. That's what. That's the that, first thing I looked at. I was like, that, that bother me. Because <laughs> okay, owls guys. are usually out during nighttime. And they fly high. Yeah. They don't run through the fucking woods. They're and they the fucking... fly fast. Like, how would you even keep up with an owl? Why would you chase an owl? Like, have you seen the fucking talons on those bitches? They'll turn around and shred your face before you know what's happening. Yeah. Okay, in my whole lifetime, I've probably seen maybe five owls, and I'm 20. Are those the ones from the tin caps? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're included. I'm 25 oh years God. old. I've barely ever seen an owl just flying around. You guys, they had the cutest little puffball owl. I wanted to take it, but they had yeah. a hold of it, and they had a leash on it. So. If you go during the Harry Potter-themed tin caps game, they have owls. Yes, so. and they're fucking Just so awesome. you know. Owls are the cutest. You can like our Facebook page because we did gain some new likes. Yay. We're almost to 100. So like our Facebook page, What the Spook Podcast. Yeah. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Send your listeners. We want to hear listener stories. We want to hear creepy stuff that's happened to you or just creepy stuff that's happened to a friend or a family member. Mm, that, yeah. that can be anything that's spooky. If you tell us your creepy story, we'll tell you one creepy story. Eat well, one creepy story for each creepy story you guys tell us. Yeah, because we have some creepy stories. Fuck yeah, we do. So please do that. And if you have any advice or constructive criticism, constructed, if it's constructive, I will fucking curb stomp you. Please be nice, but we do want to hear people's input about our podcast. Like, we want to improve, and I feel like we're improving. We're staying more on track. I mean, maybe not this episode, but last episode we were really on track. I know. I didn't have to cut anything out. I know. Okay, this one I was not very focused on. This one, I don't think either of us were. My stomach was all like, blah, blah, blah. I kept dropping my phone, then your fucking cat attacked me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay, Um, guys. We tried. (laughs) We tried, so... Yeah, keep it real. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Or be like me and be fat and eat a lot. <laughs> Live your best life. Yeah, potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, guys. guys. We'll try to get like a mini soda out to you sometime. It might not happen this week, honestly. Probably next how week. busy we'll be. I'm going to say probably next week or the next weekend or something. You guys, sometimes what the holidays and after this week, we should be able to get more on a schedule. Schedule, but yeah, it's like with holidays and, and with Casey being thick and me being thick, and, and Casey having surgery, surgery. <laughs> uh, we can't right. win. Hopefully, by the new year's, we'll have some type of schedule we'll where have our shit together. We can get, I'm just kidding, we're never gonna have our shit together. We can get some episodes out to <laughs> you guys on time and not just tell you guys, hey, yeah, we're gonna have an episode out and then not have it out for like a week later. So let us know like what day you guys think will be best to do episodes. God damn it, my sock is rolled out. Okay, there it goes. Yeah, like right now we're doing Sunday nights usually or Thursdays or Saturdays or Saturdays. Basically, whenever. I like Sundays because then work the next day I can listen to it because I do listen to our own podcast to see what we can improve you on, really? guys. I do. <laughs> 
I only listened to it once, so. I do when I'm edited. <laughs> so, Oof. with that being said, thank you for listening again. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, 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 gobble. Keep it spooky. Gobble. Oh, yeah. Look at this. <laughs>